Are you okay? You're going to melt. Yeah. Um, that's uh, probably more rough on you than it is on me. But uh, yeah. uh, I really sincerely hope this is only the first time I've ever been recorded getting a massage. <laughs> <laughs> so you have been massaged before? Yes. Oh. That was going to be my first question. Yes. Not in a while, though. I've had a variety of, of different kinds of massage. Okay. And I gotta say, getting massaged is one of my favorite things in the world, so. Get undressed, get under the sheets. Ooh, you're in for a treat. No, I promise this is not a dream. It's just a happy ending with Joy Eileen. Thank you so much for having me today. No, thank you. And by the way, me is Sandy Danto. What, what? Hey, everybody. I'm excited. Oh, and this is so much more fun than real work. Because I was at real work today and I was massaging people. And I'm like, I don't like any of you. Except for the ones listening to the podcast. And <laughs> you guys are my favorite. <laughs> so, um, let's just go there. <laughs> well, I'll try my best. Not to mention what date it is today. <laughs> and you can't fall asleep even though you are a new daddy. I won't, I won't. I made sure to uh, get all jacked up on stingers from the gas station before this. What the hell's a stinger? No, I'm just kidding. You know those pills that, that are like legal speed? Oh, okay. Ugh. Okay, I was like, what? I did, for the record, I did not really take those. I just thought it would be a funny thing to say. <laughs> but it obviously didn't land because you guys have never taken those. <laughs> well, huh? Yeah. Do I know what those are? Is that why I'm not good at comedy yet? <laughs> no, definitely don't know what those are. It's better for you. <laughs> You're not a trucker, so. No, my grandpa was. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm totally, like, white trash. You know what? I always romanticized the idea of becoming a trucker. I, th- I love driving, especially at night, long drives, and always thought it'd be fun until I found out they have to take drug tests. <laughs> well, see, I'd be okay with that, because I've never done any, so... Never? No. Any? Nothing? Uh-uh. Not even, like, you got your wisdom teeth removed, and you... My wisdom, you know, okay, I've paid the money to have my wisdom teeth pulled, and I've never made the appointment. What? Why not? Because I don't have time. Does it cause you pain? They do. Like, when I have my migraines, like, a lot of it centers behind my You should go teeth. get it. You should get it done. I know. The recovery is quicker than you think. Yeah, I know. It's just, uh, it's just one more thing <laughs> that I don't have time for. Right. No, I mean, I've taken, like, you know, I had a C-section, two C-sections, so, I mean, I take the Vicodin. Right, okay. Yeah. But you've never smoked weed? No. Never drank? Oh, I do drink. Okay. Not very well. (laughs) I am super lightweight. Yeah, I will drink one drink, show my boobs, and then John has to take me home. (laughs) Sounds like you're a fun mom. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the kids are like, just, when my mom drinks, just turn away, like, please. My mom will have one drink, spill her guts, and cry for a while. Oh, I love your mom. She'll like laugh hysterically, then get real emotional and cry. Oh, baby. I just love everyone a lot. I'm like, you need a hug. And everybody's my favorite. Like I always tell the kids, I'm like, you're my favorite. Don't tell your brother. <laughs> I used to drink a lot, and I don't very much anymore. I'm not sober. I still drink on occasion. Right. It's just easier to tell people you're sober than explain the nuances of like, well, I only drink sometimes when I feel like it. Right. And st- like, people offer you drinks, especially at shows, and you're like, no, thanks. They're like, what are you, sober? And it's just easier to say yes than be like, no, but I don't want to have a drink right now. Right. But people take it so personally. They do. And it's, it's weird now. Like, the comedy is going into this weird, like, health kick. Yeah. <laughs> Where I've noticed a lot of comedians are like, I don't drink anymore. Vegan. Uh, yeah. Raw. Cleansing. Exactly. I keto one more time. Oh, I know. I hear keto more at comedy clubs than anywhere else. Right. It's kind of, yeah. It's like, come on. Let's, 
and that's what they're into. Right. And then it'll go, something will influx, and then they're like, oh, now we're drinking again. It's just funny when you run it, there's some people who are like, I'm vegan, I only eat clean, I don't drink, but then you see them do Molly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like you said, everybody has their different definition of sober. Right. Like, I, there's a couple of comedians that are like, I'm sober, I just smoke pot now. And I'm like, okay, well, that's your definition. Right. But Marijuana maintenance is what it's called. <laughs> Marijuana maintenance. You doing okay? Because that's a big knot right there. Yeah. I'm going to stick my thumb in it. Just, Ugh. heads up. Got to remember to breathe. That is your only job. Well, no. I got to talk you a little bit, too. Yeah. yeah. In the massage room with the chiropractor, I'm like, your only job is to breathe and not touch my ass. Oh, have you gotten that a lot? Yes. And it's weird. Because it's like a legitimate chiropractor's office. It's not like happy joys time or something. What about when you do like freelance out of like home calls? That that so far has been okay. Um, But I'm very picky. Yeah. Like I only do it upon recommendation. I'm pretty sure somebody's like, hey, I recommended my massage therapist to you. Don't fuck it up. Right. So. Have you only done massage therapy since you've been married? Um, it was before I was married. So did you ever get into any wild stuff before? Well, we were dating though, so no, no. I mean, I've had sex in the massage room, but it was with John (laughs) and now I'm going to get fired. So we're going to edit that part out. (laughs) Do you ever like do massage parlor fantasies with your husband? No, because he's a wimp and I'm not allowed to touch him because he says I'm too mean. (laughs) Mean physically, or like you start massaging him and like circling his problem areas with your fingers? Yes, I get because, like, I'm like, oh, there's a knot, and then I'll start working on it. And he's like, no, 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 this is supposed to be sexy. And I'm like, it is, you'll be way more limber if I get rid of this. I mean, there are sexy massages, and then there are like sometimes you just want to be massaged so you don't feel so awful physically, right. Like, I've been massaged by dudes plenty of times. It's like sometimes you just need somebody to beat the shit out of you. That's what I like in massage. Yeah. We're going to put that little disclaimer in there. Not, I mean, that's not what I want necessarily, but sometimes it's what I need. Yes. Yeah, because you've got stuff going on. I sure do. I don't, I don't stretch as much as I need to. None of us do. I'm the biggest hypocrite you'll ever meet. I'm like, oh, you should do this, you should do this, and then I don't do any of it. I exercise a lot, though, and then I don't stretch after or before. I exercise a lot, and I try and stretch, but, like, a lot, we do a lot of stretching afterwards, and to me, I'm like, we're done. Like, yeah. I, I lifted that tractor tire. I can go now. Like, <laughs> please? Yeah, when you're done, you're done. You don't want to spend another half hour doing stuff. Right. Because, like, I'll go full bore because my niece, she's a personal trainer. Oh, cool. She's 24. Not an ounce of fat on her body. And um, she's fucking perfect. And so, like, I have to try and keep up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when she's like, okay, one more rep and we're done. And I'm, that's all I can focus on is, like, okay, one more rep and then my ass can go have ice cream. Like, you can do this. You're good. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get this done. Now, have you been able to work out with the baby? Honestly, yeah. Look at you. The baby is two weeks old. Uh Uh-huh. She sleeps really well. She doesn't cry a ton. And she she took to eating quickly. Okay. She doesn't get too gassy. Okay. She's a dream come true. She really is. Like, all the cute things me and my wife fantasized about having, like, like when she latches, she does that, like, head bobble thing. Uh Uh-huh. Me and my wife used to, before she was born, like, talk about how much we wanted our baby to do that and, like, bobbled our heads around and would, like, latch on each other. And it was really funny and fun. And now our baby does that. And, like, she's just so cute and well-behaved. And so I work out at home a lot. I, I, I used to belong to a rock climbing gym and I put my membership on suspension because I just didn't... You know, it's one thing to to be able to work out at home where my wife and kid are. Uh-huh. But it's another thing to be like, hey, I'm going to leave for two and a half hours. Yes. 
So I work out at home. We have a pool. I swim laps. It's not like a lap swimming pool. So I do like 50 laps in this tiny pool. Okay. But it works. Yeah. And I uh, do burpee. I play video games and do burpees and run in place while I play. Okay. See, yeah, I get... I don't go to a gym either. One, because I cuss a lot. And oh, it's I would... boring. I would get kicked out. Going to a gym is boring. It is. Well, I don't oh. know. I don't go... But my niece, she has her garage. We live on what we call the compound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you live way out in Ventura, right? No, I live in um, Santa Clarita. Oh, cool. That's John, not as that's not as bad. No, John works in Ventura because he works for uh, the Navy. Right, right, right. So yeah, I just walk up the driveway and my niece pulls out everything. Like we have the ship rope, thanks to my stupid husband, and I told him not to bring it home because she's mm-hmm. going to make me use it. And we have the TRX, we have the tractor tires, and she makes me pay her five dollars and she kicks my ass. And that's the only way I would want to do it. It's so much easier and convenient to work out when you know you have the option of doing it at home. And I know a lot of people are like, no, I can't do it at home. I know I could quit at any time. I have to go somewhere else to... No, not, no, not me. No, no, not me either. Because I don't want to get in my car. Part of it is the time commitment. You only have so much time in a day. Do you really want to commit like... A half hour to an hour of commuting to be able to exercise. I agree. Your hips are ridiculously tight, by the way. I know. It's really bad. Uh, do you think any of it has to do with this heat? Um, Honestly, heat normally helps. Oh. Because So then it's especially bad. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that the heat will do is dehydrate you. Okay. So as long as, I mean, and you have your big ass thing of water, so mm-hmm. you're good. But the heat, more people are more limber. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know if it has anything. No, you're just messed up. But you're also a new dad, and that's what happens. Yeah. Okay. I, okay, I have to ask you, though. 25%. Right now, I think it's at 25%. Okay. But I know it's going to change more. So, to set to tell people out there who are listening what that means, I have a podcast called Motherfuckers. Which is fantastic, by the way. Thank you. And if you're looking for it on iTunes... That the fuckers is spelled with three asterisks because we live in a puritanical society. <laughs> I love you. Where the, where the president can talk about sexually assaulting women and that's okay. But you can't have a podcast on iTunes called Fuckers and spell it correctly. Um, and I do it with my friend Avery Pearson, who's another very funny comic and musician. Very, very talented. And he has... A 19-month-old baby. Boy. He's one of the few comedians with a boy. Yeah. And he... He... His life was turned upside down by having a kid, and I told him that's not how mine's going to be. He's one of these couples where it's like they had a kid, and they, aside from, like, work stuff, shut it down. Shut down the social life. And my wife is a baby nurse, and I have plenty of experience with kids. And we came into it with a calm attitude that only 25% of our life is going to change. And that, look, I know that sounds insane and it also sounds like borderline psychotic to be like, oh, you're going to have a baby and it's not, you're not, it's not, you're not going to consider it life changing. That's not what I mean. I mean like my social life and my professional life is only going to be affected by 25%. I'm going to make it work. And so far it has, but the baby's been really easy and sleeps a lot and has been great so far. So who knows when she gets a little older if that will maintain itself. But I then hope. you adapt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, every Monday, everybody's like, you're always at the comedy store, which we're really not, but I guess it just looks like that. Mm-hmm. Every Monday, John and I have date night, and we go to the comedy store. Because How old are your kids, though? They are 7, 12, and 17. Oh, wow. So does the 12-year-old watch the 17, or watch the 7-year-old? You had it the right way. The 12-year-old watches the 17-year-old. <laughs> well, you know what? For me, I was more responsible at 12 than I was at 17, because mm-hmm. before I really discovered what trouble I could get into. Yes, Caleb. My 12-year-old is a ridiculous rule follower, and my 7-year-old is terrifying, and then my 17-year-old just hates life right now, so yeah. Uh, he just graduated, I saw. He just graduated, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Is he going to go to college? Um, It depends on what his girlfriend tells him to do. Oh. So, um, 
get back to you on that one. You know what? I'll tell you this to give you some perspective on okay, it. Okay, give it to me. In high school, I didn't want... I, I went away to... In, I grew up in Michigan, and I went away to Indiana for college, but I didn't want to. I wanted to stay in Michigan. My girlfriend was a year younger than me, so she had another year of high school, so I just wanted to go to community college and go wherever she went after that. She went to Michigan. But then she broke up with me, and it's like you can't live your life at that age making decisions based on what your girlfriend wants or boyfriend wants to do. Yep. And then we broke up, broke my heart. And then 10 years later, we got back together and now we're married. And no shit. Yeah. No shit. And I'm glad I didn't make any decisions surrounding her because my life would probably be a lot more than 25% different, you know? <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. So tell your son that. I will. You know, just because they're together now, he's got he's to gotta live his life and do what's best for him so it's also best for her and maybe it'll work out in the end and... If it does, great. And if not, he's still going to set himself up. That's what I've tried to tell him. I'm like, listen, if it's meant to be, it'll all be... How long have, his, have they been together? Two years. They just had their two-year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> what did they do for it? Young Love is so funny. It's so... Gross. It's stupid. You know what? Young Love is stupid. I'm sorry. It's just they think they know everything. They think life is going to just magically work out and no struggle. And this hashtag, the struggle is real. And I know I had to. (laughs) Um, They went to San Diego where his grandparents live. What's that mean? Okay, so Tyler's, uh, Tyler's mom is insane. Like we haven't seen her. Well, no. Oh, this is your, this is your stepson? He is my stepson. Okay. But I've been around since he was three, and his mom, <laughs> John, had a crazy. Gotcha. So. Um, and the twelve and seven year old are yours. Yes, they were cut out of me. Oh wow. Yeah. Did you guys have natural birth? Yeah. Our birth was like unusually easy. So just it's all working out for you. It's all. You know what? I'll say this. Part of why we started the podcast was it was really hard for us to conceive. Okay. It took us a while, and we had to do a little bit of fertility. Um, but I think that all, it, and it was really frustrating and trying emotionally and mentally to like be trying to get pregnant and not be able to. Right. So I think that the baby being easy and healthy is retribution for how hard it was to make her. I could see that. That makes that, and that's a good way of seeing it. Like, hey, we had our struggle, and now, like, that's funny because I say the same thing about our marriage because our marriage, he, well, when we first got together, he wasn't even divorced yet, and then we had this huge, ridiculous custody battle, Ugh. and lots of lots of drugs and arrests were involved with her. her. She was a eh, hot mess. And I was like, okay, our marriage should be smooth from now on because we had to go through all that. So that's where I'm hoping. And has it been? You know what? It has, for the most part. I mean, I'm not going to say we don't fight. I'm not going to say he doesn't annoy the hell out of me. But he's been extremely supportive in the podcast, the comedy, the books, you know. That's great. You're an author. That's so cool. So, eh, I self-publish, so it's not like it's anything big. It's still a huge accomplishment to write a book. Yeah. Takes me takes me books. sixteen months to read a book. <laughs> I ghostwrite too, so I write other people's books. Oh wow, that's super cool. Oh, oh, it's funny that me and my wife have this baby, and it was really hard to conceive because if we had conceived one in high school, <laughs> <laughs> you guys would be done. Yeah, it, oh, it probably would not be so easy as it is now. Yeah. So this is the baby. No. I'm going to speak for the, for the teen moms out there. You were 19. You were I, a teen. I was 18. Okay. Yeah. Well, you don't count. You were an adult. There should be a show called 16 and Pro-Choice. <laughs> See, I have a whole thing. I'm not pro-choice. I'm, um... Oh, God. What was... Never mind. Fucked up that punchline. <laughs> <laughs> Mandatory. I'm not pro-choice. I'm mandatory abortion. Oh, I've, I think the same thing, and I, I tried to do this bit for a while, and it just, not, like, it hits late night, and then anytime I tried to do it on a bigger show, it never really worked, but I think that abortion should be mandatory. I agree. Because 
you know, it's it's never the people that get pregnant by accident that should be having babies. No. <laughs> and you've got to get a license to get a car, and you've got to pass tests to drive. But, like, kids, you know, anyone can just raise them. Because crazy, yeah. <laughs> so I think abortion should be mandatory unless you pass an aptitude test. Okay, I completely agree. I have a bit about that. Obviously, now I feel like I just Carlos and see of you. But okay. No, you do have a bit. Of, I, I do. What's yours? It's basically like, you know, I'm a woman and everybody thinks that I should be pro-choice, but I'm not pro-choice. I'm mandatory abortion. And then I talk about how my husband's ex-wife has five kids and she shouldn't. And then I think that we should take all crystal meth addicts that can get pregnant. So like, I don't know why people do IVF. They should just do crystal meth. <laughs> That's really funny. And then I was like, you know, just take the crystal meth uteruses and give them to the people who can't conceive, and boom, you have a baby. So, yeah, that was mine. Mine's guys don't want to have to take a test, so it's just a video game that's that involves a lot of <laughs> life lessons that you have to beat, and of course it's a first-person shooter. Because yes. our dicks were the original first-person shooter. Yes, they were. <laughs> So how far along in IVF did you guys have to go? We didn't. We got lucky. We didn't have to do IVF, which is extremely expensive. It is. Like five figures every time you do it. I have a couple who has mortgaged, remortgaged their house three times. Oh my god. Mhm. It's insane. It's just to just to have a baby, just to be able to have a baby. Just to spend more money on right. a baby. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, we did IUI, which is. In utero insemination. Okay. Where basically I paid money to go masturbate at a doctor's office. I do that all the time. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I paid money to go masturbate in public, like I'm Louis C.K. or something. <laughs> so you had a picture of Tig in front of you while you were doing. Yeah, it. totally. Okay. Yeah, um, I masturbate to her too. Uh, and uh, had to get up super early to go do it. <laughs> And still didn't get there to be the first one to use the room, which was the goal in getting up so early. Yes! And my mom came into town that day, so while I was in the room watching porn on my phone, I kept having to swipe away her text alerts. (laughs) Like, you want a grandchild or not? I don't care your flight got in early. (laughs) Good for you, Mom! And then they basically just took that and tested it, and then turkey basted it up into my wife now did you guys centrifuge it to like separate the boys and the girls or did no, you just no. throw it all the just whole load up it there all, just loaded it up nice yeah um but actually according you know my wife is a nurse and is about to get her master's in nursing and become a nurse practitioner hell yeah good for her and uh she, you know, tracked her ovulation and uh-huh. did all that. And according to, she had an app. According to the app, the, the sex we had the day before IUI is what did it and not the IUI. Okay. And that, you know what, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I know a lot of IVF and just fertility doctors in themselves, they, did I make that noise? Yeah, no, that was me. <laughs> I've never made that noise before and I don't know where it came out of. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I know a lot of, um, no, you're fine. Fertility doctors scare women into getting pregnant. Just like, they're like, okay, we're going in. And then they're like, hey, you don't have to. Saved you thousands of dollars. (laughs) Well, our doctor was really funny. He's like, it's going to be 40% me, 60% you. (laughs) And and then we gave him a look. He's like, okay, it will be 45% you, 45% you. 10% 10% me. <laughs> I had a doctor when our youngest, when we found out our youngest was a boy, he was like, I promise you your next one will be a girl. He's like, your next one will be a girl, I promise. And John's like, no, we're done, we're done. And he's like, you can have a girl, her next one will be a girl. And John's like, you need to stop talking to my wife. <laughs> like he's sticking cotton swabs in my ear. Like he, he's an idiot, don't listen to him. That's so funny. I'm like, wait, a girl? So now I'm just trying to make one of the boys gay. 
<laughs> Super hard. And I didn't realize how hard I was pushing it until they're like, yeah, mom, we know. Because I'm like, if you like boys, me and daddy will be okay with it. And they're like, mom, we know. You've told us. Oh, I love it. She'll like round up her boys and be like, whoever's gay is my favorite. That's true. That's <laughs> I've said that more than once. <laughs> so are you guys done? No, we want to have we want to have a boy. Okay. So maybe if we have a girl, we can swap. Oh, don't tease me like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so hoping you were gonna bring her over so I could just sweat on her. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so happy though. I'm such a girl dad. It, it's really so great. And see, I will say, like one of my regrets about not having a girl is because I know. John would be a fantastic girl dad. And that makes me sad. It's a bummer, but, you know... Also didn't here's just make the, that noise. No, that was my water bottle. <laughs> um, you know, here's the thing about it, though. You, your boys will have kids one day, and they'll have girls, and you'll be get to be a girl grandma and a girl grandpa. Unless the stupid daughter-in-laws hate me, and they're like, hey, I might go to your mom's house. I hate my mother-in-law, because I'm the consummate mother-in-law. Not that I don't think about this all the time. I can't, I can't see, you know, one thing I've learned through having a mother-in-law is that it's a mom's job to micromanage. And I think the less you do that and the less needy you are as a mother-in-law and the more generous you are, the more they'll embrace you and want you around. I can see that. See, I don't have, like, the normal mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is my godmother. Mm-hmm. So my mom and John's mom were best friends. They grew up together. Oh, I'm wow. Named after her. Did you guys grow up here in L.A.? I grew up in Madeira, mm-hmm. <laughs> Fresno, mm-hmm. which everybody shits on and it makes me happy. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm from there. <laughs> I went to college there. And um, he grew up in New Hall, Santa Clarita. Oh, cool. So, I mean, we would come down here for Christmases and he's eight years older than I am. He signed my baby book, The Dirty Bastard. Oh, my God. So... Yeah, I've known him forever, and so my mother-in-law, like, I think she loves me more than she loves him. Like, if something happened between us, I would get them. That's really sweet. So I don't, my mom, and she always tells me that. She's like, I love you, you're my daughter, and I'm like, yeah, but you had one before me that you didn't like, and she's like, we don't talk about her. (laughs) So that's scary, because I don't want that. That's got to make them appreciate you even more. I think so. And I appreciate them. Like, I don't think of them as in-laws. I just think of them as another set of parents. Yeah. And they're ridiculously supportive, too. They've seen me do comedy more than my real parents have, so. That's very cool. I don't like it when anyone in my family comes to see me. I get, it's weird. Or friends. Just because it's like, I know they're going to love me no matter what and support me, but it's like. Well, I know they're there, and so now I feel like I have to do a good job just to show them that what I'm doing has meaning or whatever. But every time I've seen you, you've done a good job. Thank you. I mean, I'm good at it. You are good at it. But You're very comfortable on stage. But it doesn't mean that knowing certain people in the audience doesn't get in your head. Right. I will say, though, that... I wish my parents wouldn't have came because I did a whole Sorry. bit. No, you're fine. I did a whole bit about how I intermittent fast, mm-hmm. and I explained it. And the next day, we all went out to lunch, and I'm like, "Hey, we have to wait until noon so I can eat." And my mom's like, "Why?" And I go, "Remember, I'm intermittent fasting." And she's like, "What does that mean?" And I'm like, "You didn't listen to a word I said on stage." Mm-hmm. Okay, that's ouch. <laughs> So that kind of hurt. I think that's most audiences. Like, they're there for the laughs and they don't necessarily... You know, it's like the first time you hear music, you don't remember all the lyrics. That's true. And what's more hurtful than people not remembering exactly what you said is that they don't rem- They don't ever... Rem- unless it's somebody specifically famous or from something, they don't ever remember your name. No. It's like, oh, the guy who did the, the bit about vests... Or like, right. oh, the girl from that, that show that got canceled. 
<laughs> See, I assume that's why comedians normally wear the same thing. Right. Like Morgan Murphy in that green jacket. I just assumed it was because people would be like, yeah, the chick with the green jacket. Yeah, I try to wear the same thing. But I've gone in such wild phases since I started. When I first started for the first few years, I wore only printed on tuxedo shirts, <laughs> to, which is like too much, you know? Uh-huh. Then I wore hoodies with nothing underneath. Okay. Then I wore just like vintage t-shirts with cardigans. Uh-huh. And now I wear uh, sweatshirts with animals on it. Okay. But it, it is, you know, it's audiences don't, you don't want to be a gimmick, but you also, you want them to remember you. Yes, you do. You want them to, like, have something to remember you by. Yes, I agree. You, you know, just just like, oh, he's he does that bit about sweatpants. It's like, that's not enough. They've got to be able to describe you a little bit more than that. Right. I'm always the comedian that has her husband with her. <laughs> there you go. In fact, Theo Vaughn, because I got up on Kill Tony and Theo Vaughn was there. Like months later, I was like, hey, Theo, I don't know if you remember me. I did comedy in front of you on Kill Tony. And he's, he looked at me and he goes, yeah, you're the one who has the cool husband. I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's great. So that that's. Everyone's got to have something. I guess. Not everyone can have a gender-neutral haircut. You That's know? true. <laughs> Why did I just think of Britton Biddlecombe when you said that? <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been doing comedy? Twelve years in August. Dang. Where'd you start? Out here. Really? Yeah. I, um, I did sketch and improv in college. Okay. But I didn't start doing stand-up until I moved out here twelve years ago. Oh. These are just going to be my sound bites. They're just people moaning and groaning. You should do a whole episode of just. Oh. <laughs> Sam Tripoli would be most of it. <laughs> oh. What did? I bet his were loud and wild. Super loud, super wild. Just, <laughs> Nobody with me. <laughs> <laughs> You're working out the Bilderberg group. <laughs> was there people here? <laughs> Sam. Getting Sam on the table was something. Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah, table's made. Get on. Okay, let me eat some yogurt. Why, why are we eating yogurt right now? <laughs> why did he want to eat yogurt? I have no idea. And then he's like, hey, are we ready? I'm like, yeah. Like we were five minutes ago before you finished your yogurt. That's great. Everyone's got their quirks, you know. Oh yeah. Do you have a lot you do a lot of private clients? No, not as much. I'm super ridiculously busy. And I used to, but then when the economy did what the economy decided mm -hmm. to do, I was like the first person people cut out. Yeah, I bet. And I mean thankfully the chiropractor works and I'm hoping that something will come out of all these other thousands of things I'm doing. Yeah, you know, you got to spread yourself thin. Yes. You really do in order to find something that, like, hits, you know? And it's funny because there, I know there's times that you're like, oh, this is what I'm going to do, and you start doing it, and then you hit a different road that you've never right. even thought of. Right, And, I mean, I started super late, so hopefully... How long have you been doing it? Uh... I started at 32, I did it once, <laughs> and then I did it again at 34, because I took stand-up classes with Tom Clark. Oh, cool. And then um, I only was doing like one every maybe month or maybe even two months one. Mm -hmm. And then this year, John was like, I'm making your New Year's resolution. I'm like, if you call me fat, I'm stabbing you with this fork. After I eat this cake, <laughs> and um, he's like, "No, you need to start doing more open mics." So this year, I've really been pushing. I've been doing open mics. I started the podcast, so That's I've been great. meeting more people. Emily makes me meet people. <laughs> <laughs> she is my detachable balls. I'm as subtle as a gun. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't. I feel like I'm annoying people, and she's like, "No, we'll go talk to them." And I'm like, "No, they're." I fine. feel like. Everyone here either has a high threshold for it or a very, very, very low threshold. And the ones who have a low threshold purposely take themselves out of it. But the ones who have a high threshold, you know, it, it's fine. You kind of have to because everyone here is annoying in one way or another. Right. Everyone's more understanding than you think. 
And you know what? For the most part, every comedian that I've met has been super, super nice to me. And I mean, not, not all of them, but for the most part, I've been accepted. And it's very cool. It's a very The cool comedy community. store is very intimidating at first. But yes. once you spend a little bit of time there and get some minimal acceptance, it, it, it's a smooth ride from there. Well, the comedy store, we kind of bought our way in because <laughs> we were super nice to everyone. Like, John and I, we took the long road. It took us two years to establish where we are now. Mm-hmm. And then on Christmas last year, I had, somebody just handed me a ridiculously large tip. So we had money that I was like, we, I wasn't expecting this. So I went and got a shit ton of $5 Starbucks gift cards. And we went to the store and handed them to every door guy. Oh, that's really sweet. And they're like, wait, really? And I'm like, yeah, like we love you guys. Door guys run that place. Yes. More so before the, new, the current regime there. But like still, door guys are the, the day-to-day operations of mm-hmm. that place. And I made sure I got Starbucks gift cards that said joy on them. Because Christmas... Is the only time my name's around. So, Summer's like, the only time my name's around unless you're watching Grease. <laughs> or Annie. Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> Loved my name growing up, for sure. Oh, Joy the Boy. Oh, that sucks. Joy the Boy toy. Were you a tomboy? Yes. That's funny. Until I got boobs my junior year, and then I was like, oh, I can just use these now, all right. <laughs> Same thing with me. There you go. Junior year is fantastic. Yeah. Which but one's junior year? Eleventh grade. Eleven. Oh. Or grade Canadian. eleven for you Canadians. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it goes freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Sophomores. No, I know. But oh, I, uh, sorry. <laughs> so we made a really interesting podcast. Explain the word sophomore to me. <laughs> sophomore is like a derogatory term for for juvenile, isn't it? Like people, like sophomoric, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, to me, it's always the second. Like when a band pulls out another album, it's like, oh, their sophomore album, which means right. there's, I don't know, I've always thought of it as second. But that's just me. Our language needs a overhaul. Yes, it does. But it's terrifying where it's going now, because now it's just abbreviations. Abbreviations in, like, troll, online troll language. Yes. And it did worry me. It kind of broke my heart when they changed the definition, or added to the definition of literal. Which is what? Now it's, because literal used to mean exact, like that, it literally happened. Right, verbatim. Yeah, and now, you know, the girls were like, I literally died. And you're like, bitch, you're talking to me, you're not dead. Right. But they added it where it's a slang version of almost happened, or it was so close. So, yeah. That's terrible. It, It hurt me, like as an author... I was all, no, no, <laughs> don't do that, please. I would say oh, it, no. it would hurt anyone with a fucking brain. Yes. Now, where did you go to college? Indiana University in Bloomington. Nice. And did you get your degree? Mm-hmm. I double majored in communications and telecommunications. Boom. Because a lot of the credits overlapped. Mm. See, I dropped out. Where'd you go? Fresno State. I like Fresno Contrary to popular belief. Why? <laughs> um, I've done some good gigs there, and um, there's a lot of good wildlife around Fresno. A lot of good nature stuff. Like, I've gone camping a lot Yeah. around there, and I did my bachelor party outside of Fresno at Bat in Bass Lake. Bass Lake. Okay. Yes, I did a lot of things in Bass Lake. Me too. <laughs> We didn't get strippers for for my bachelor party. We just got no. We just got uh, mushrooms and acid. So we didn't get strippers, but I still saw them. (laughs) And they were really pretty. Yeah. They just had your wife's face. (laughs) (laughs) And my dog somehow. (laughs) What a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I think now that was literal. Yeah. I think Fresno is like the Armenian or Persian. It has it's it has a huge high capita of them. One of 
them. I'm sorry, I'm probably offending a bunch of people that are listening, you know, the two people that are going to be listening to this, so. <laughs> You're not offending me. No. People think I'm Armenian or Persian all the time. <laughs> I get Armenian and Jewish a lot. Only since I moved out here, back home. I just, I get white. <laughs> they're like, you don't have any pigment whatsoever. I'm, like, no. I'm just like, do you like pumpkin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, how do you, I literally love pumpkin. <laughs> oh my God. I get Armenian, Italian, Persian, Mexican, mm-hmm. um, Greek. Ooh, like the yogurt that Sam was eating. I'm no. pan-ethnic. <laughs> pan That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm flan-ethnic. <laughs> <sighs> that shoulder is crazy. Uh, yeah, because I do burpees. I, I like dive down and do hit the shoulders first. I'd like do the worm. Okay. Yeah. See, I my body doesn't work normal. So when I go down to do a burpee, my pinkies go up. <laughs> yeah. Fancy. Yeah, it's like an English burpee. Um, <laughs> so my forearms used to get super sore. And I can't have my forearms sore because this is my life. So um, right. I have to handle, I have to have dumbbells in my hands. So my hands are curled around them. Oh, that's cool. I like that. To make my life, yeah, yeah. I'm going to start doing that. It's it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like I like hard exercise, and it's so much really intense exercises is way better for you. Yes. For longevity purposes. Yes, and you when you leave, you're still burning calories. Right. Like even when you're sitting on your couch crying into the ice cream tub, just heard <laughs> that just may be me. But I'm all at least I'm burning calories. Still. It used to be me. Don't worry. <laughs> I've given up a lot of unhealthy eating habits just on not being sad anymore alone. There you go. But I miss being sad. Sad's fun. Your eyes want to cry. It's like <laughs> there are certain things your your body wants to do. Laugh, come, cry. Crying is like coming for your eyes. There you go. So sneezing is like coming for your mouth. Yeah. I fucking love sneezing i do too well yeah i mean i think because i had c-section i think it would be all different if i like threw the kid out of my vagina yeah <laughs> yeah i guess those two things are somehow weirdly connected yes they are because <sighs> you know sometimes when you sneeze you accidentally fart at the same time yes yes my kids like to talk about that a lot mom my kids are gonna be the funnier than I am. Just wait, your daughter is going to say shit and you're going to be like, God damn it, you're smarter than me. You're I, funnier I, than I am. I want that. I steal it. I'm like, until you're 18, everything that comes out of your mouth is mine. <laughs> I'm going to use it on stage and you can't have it. Uh, that's the beauty of uh, of 18 being the age of, that separates minors from, I don't know, they're not majors. What is it called? Adults? Adults, yeah. <laughs> you know, you get it. I got you. Oh. But I will say, like, Tyler's going to be 18 in October. He was born October 13th, Friday the 13th, because I'm pretty sure that's the only time his mom could spawn. I had to take that. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. And um, it's just weird that I'm like, oh, God, you're going to be considered an adult in just a few months, and you still have poop in your underwear, like... <laughs> you gotta get that kid some flushable wipes. <laughs> I just, uh, I'm like, man, I feel sorry for your girlfriend if she gives you blowjobs, but then she's a bitch, so she probably doesn't. And you know all the teenagers now be eating ass. Oh, yeah. Ew. Oh, Tyler. <laughs> no. That's the thing, because they grew up with free porn. Is that what it is? I think so. I think we're in a sexual revolution right now. and We kind of are, and it's great. Well, okay, my thing is, okay, Kindles came out, Nooks came out, tablets came out. So instead of going on the beach with this super dirty book with the cover that's ridiculously embarrassing, now you're just reading on this innocuous black tablet. 
So nobody knows. You could be reading New York Times or you could be reading about somebody rimming your butthole. <laughs> and nobody we knows. Definitely didn't do that at the comedy store with your book. Yeah. Did not do that at all. But I mean, I think now, and I've noticed too, a lot of authors are pushing limits. Like, I know stepson, stepdaughter porn is huge. It's also huge in books now. Really? Yes. And it's very, like, they keep hitting these taboo subjects. Like, even Fifty Shades of Grey wasn't that taboo, really. I mean, he smacked her, and then they did it missionary style. Like, that's my day. Um, <laughs> but I think it's just opened everything up. Because now you're just a black tablet. Nobody knows. Well, definitely all the weird shit anyone could ever possibly be into is recognized by anyone else who could possibly be into it because of the internet and some veil of anonymity with that. Yes. But also, there's just movements like anti-slut shaming, which should have always been a, the, a thing. And I agree. There's just more voices out there and more media outlets to talk about it that aren't mainstream and dependent on advertiser dollars. Yes, and you're more accessible to it. Like, when you meet a trans woman or a trans man and you're like, oh, shit, they're normal, they're just a person... I think you're like, oh, you know, I accept you because I can feel you and touch. That sounded weird. But, you know, they're more accessible where it used to be, oh, I would never go to a gay bar to meet a gay person, so this is what I think of them. Maybe I'm wrong. I think our kids will grow up with much more open-minded attitudes about everyone's different identities and as well as their own. I hope so. And we'll be able to have more open dialogue. Like... Part of the problem was, I think, our parents' generation and their parents' generation, even more so, were afraid to have, like, honest, open discussions about sex with their kids. And I think that's why I'm me, because my mom was very open with me. <laughs> and she was, you know, when I had sex for the first time, when he left, I went and I told my mom, I'm like, hey, I just lost my virginity. And she's like, how was it? And I'm like, I think I fucked up. And she's like, what do you mean? I go, well... <laughs> He asked me if I wanted to do it again, and I asked him if we were done with the first time. <laughs> and she was like, oh, sissy, no. And I'm like, well, I didn't know. Well, it wasn't like in the books, I can tell you that. <laughs> my first time was with my wife. That is great. And your last time. <laughs> well, my last partner, hopefully. <laughs> All right, uh, is there anything you want to plug? I think I've got you uh, fully tenderized. Uh, Oh. Yes, moment out. Uh, do you uh, <laughs> do you do the like the the international grand finale of massages? Oh yeah, when we turn off the microphone, I give you the happy ending. No, not oh. not <laughs> that. It seems like every masseuse does that thing where they do the like the the patting on your back. <laughs> That's like the every the standard ending of every massage. See, that's funny. Josh Ademeyer said that too, and I was like, "No, I, this is like how I ended is just you know, but I can do." No, no, I'm not asking you if you do. I just think that I was just asking if that's like something everyone learns in massage school. No, because even when I have gone to to like places where a happy ending happened, they still like did that after. <laughs> I was like. This is like by the book shit. That's funny. I, no, I don't even. I was like, no. I mean, I do like that every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, that's what it seems like. That and then like the the. No. See, and I, then they do the blackjack de dealer thing after that, where it's like. <laughs> that's like how every massage I've ever gotten has ended. That's so weird. Well, this was a different one because I didn't go to that school. All right. Cool. <laughs> so. Take your time getting up. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, of course. Can you also do my neck just a little yeah. bit, too? Yeah. Um, all right, so check out my podcast, Motherfuckers, a parenting podcast. It's spelled F3-ERS. I do it with Avery Pearson. It follows a narrative structure from making the decision to have children all the way through having a baby and contrasting experiences with several different comics and we interviewed them over the course of a year and cut up each interview to have bits and pieces in each episode and we're really proud of it and 
If you want to listen and enjoy and then leave a little review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, other than that, I do a show once a month at the Improv Lab at the Hollywood Improv called Watch Me Chill. Joy's been on it. And I'd love to have you again do that. Yes. That was a that bit went really well. It was crazy because I tried to pretend to be awkward on. Stage. No, you were great. That you played it perfectly. And everybody's like, "Were you part of it?" And I'm like, "I don't know." No, you were. You just played it perfectly. <laughs> it was fun. That was fun. Yes, the whole motherfuckers. When I listened to the first episode, I was super confused at first because you're like, "Yeah, we think we're gonna start trying," and I'm like, "Wait, you just had her." <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> Well, yeah, we started it a year ago, and we wanted it to be comprehensive and follow in a narrative, and also sort of be funny and educational in a way. Oh, I love the little snippets, too, of all the different comedians. It's fantastic. Thank you. I we wanted to do it. something different that stood out, just like you, you know? Uh-huh. Like, this is different. It's really cool what you're doing, and... Definitely has to make it easier for you to get guests. Yes. Um, We wanted to do something that no one else is doing. Yes. You know? Something different. Yes. I completely agree. Uh, Like you're not going to hear these noises on other podcasts. Uh, Exactly. This is the happy ending, by the way, guys. (laughs) But I take my happy ending on my prostate gland in my butt. That's where my thumb is right now. Mm. It may it sound weird Billy to you. Important right now. Mm. <laughs> What's the most good all them fries? By the way, the never again that will happen. Yeah. I have a thing where I can do perfect impressions of people. Once. Once. Yeah. It's the worst thing ever. Mm. And then I try and do it again, and I'm like, what? You know what? I do impressions, and I found that sometimes when you're not trying to do them. It's a lot easier. Yes. I'm a shitty friend. So <laughs> when you wrote uh, when you wrote Joy to be on uh, Watch Me Chill, she sent me the thing and she's like, what do you think he wants me to do? I don't know. Like, what should I do? And I was like, you probably heard about your Ron White impression that you did once. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, though. And she was like, fuck you. <laughs> Maybe I'll come have you do be Ron White. I'll be like, ladies and gentlemen, Ron White, and you come out. It was so good. I sounded just like him. I like I was him. I'm like, holy shit, I just turned into Ron White. And she's like, I've never, I can't do it again. I can't. I went home, and I'm like, John, listen to this. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it, 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 it was there. It used to be Ron White. All right. Great. All right. Oh. Let me pause these, and then... Thank All you right. for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. This was awesome. I was going to say coming, but I didn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> In case my wife's listening. <laughs> All right.